you know, I think that there's a, a tricky thing for moms when you're trying to train your children to take over certain jobs, but it's so much easier if you just do it yourself. Yes. Oh my God. So, yes. <laughs> so that is hard. And, and I'm sure that that a lot of times goes into the workplace as well for bosses. So um, that's a hard thing because sometimes you do have to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to invest right now and make sure that this person has the tools to be able to take this job over and do it well. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Miss Morgan Crum to learn about how we can be servant leaders, even among the chaos of life at work and at home. Morgan is a Christian mom of five. You heard me right. Five littles. She's a writer. She's the creator of the fivemonsterspaleo.com blog. Uh, it's a family-friendly paleo lifestyle website and the blog Hot Tea in the Holy Spirit. Beyond her family, business, and blogging, she's also serving as a leader within her church. So welcome to the podcast, Leadership on the Rocks, Morgan. We are so glad to have you. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Man, I've got to say, mom of five, and they're all under age 11, and you own a business, and you're writing blogs, and I heard that you're writing a novel, and you're serving at church, and, 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 and inquiring minds want to know, how are you doing it all? (laughs) Well, I have to say, I think that there's, you know, some days when you get more done than others. But I think the main thing is, um, you know, people talk about balance, like it's this thing to um, like people really have to wrap their minds around whether it's a myth or whether it's achievable. And for me, I think it just depends on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, for instance, I think certain things, if you picture a balance, certain things get certain amount of weight. So my, the scale in my life, it's like, there's so many things on one side that are light for me. They don't weigh a lot for me. And so I can load that side up because those are things that give me life. And then there's other things that are really heavy for me. And so when you look at the scale, there's so much of this life-giving stuff balanced with a little bit of house cleaning. (laughs) And so... If you've ever been to my house, things start to make a lot more sense of like, oh, okay, I see how maybe she does all this other stuff because she's not really coming through in the housework department. Man, you know, thank you for making us all feel normal that you don't have to do it all. It's picking and choosing what gives us life. What is a requirement that feels like a lot of weight? Okay, we're just going to add a little sprinkle of that in there. House cleaning, I get it. I cannot stand cleaning the toilets. That is just my, I loathe that so much. (laughs) Oh man. Well, I, what I really want to talk to you about, because I so see it in the work that you do and how you come across in everything in your blogs and your leadership at church is really that servant leadership. And, And that truly is the heart of a leader. You know, leadership is all about serving people, influencing people. So talk to us. I mean, you have so many things going on in your life that you're still leading in all of those areas. So what does servant leadership mean to you? Well, I don't know. For me, when I think about um, leadership or influence, um, I just want to be obedient to what God is calling me to do. And um and so if I'm, if I'm saying yes to the right things, that's going to be saying no to some other things. Um, and then when I'm 
the things that I have said yes to, I just want to make sure that I am setting my eyes on how can I do this in a way that's uh, edifying to the people that are around me. Okay. If I'm leading. Stop right there. Edifying. That's a word yes. that's not used a lot. So what does that mean? So I just think of building up. Okay. Um, I want to be someone who um, who's building others up. And so that's kind of my goal. You know, you think about um, as as a parent or as a boss or any kind of leadership role that you might be in, you have the ability to um, encourage um, or to enable Mm -hmm. or to tear down. And I think that I want to be somebody who's encouraging um, properly, you know, encouraging calling out the best in people. Um, I don't want to be somebody who's just enabling people to stay stuck in their patterns of, you know, like destructive behaviors or like stuck in a rut. Um, I don't want to enable that kind of behavior, but I do want to edify, to build up and to call out the best in people. You know what? You're, you're bringing up such an excellent point. Edification, building up of others. I used to teach um, the seminar class and I remember doing a quiz and I'm like, who's the leader? And the kids had to choose. And I had, you know, um, Adolf Hitler up there. I had Taylor Swift up there and I went through all of these people. And a lot of them were like, no, he's not a leader. No, he's not a leader. You know, and I'm like, no, wait, leadership is influence. But what we really dove into is leadership and influence can be negative and it can be positive. And what you said is you can either tear people down with, you know, the negativity, the critique, or you can build them up. Either way, you probably are influencing them, but you want to influence for good. And I, I just appreciate how you differentiated that. Yeah. Edification. We as leaders, we want to build up. We want to encourage. We also want to speak into those behaviors that are not appropriate that we don't want, you know, for them to continue, whether it's our children or our employees or our coworkers. So thank you so much for differentiating that. You know, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> it could be negative. Yeah, well, it's, it's such a good thing too, because when you're calling good things out of the people that you are leading, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it also enables you to be able to, um, what I like to think of like purposeful um, delegation. So like as a leader, sometimes we like to take so much on as a mom, um, you know, especially in, in today's age with social media and there's so much to sort of like um, live up to and uh, you can't do it all. But the things that you can do, sometimes you still need to delegate stuff out. And I think that if you can um, look and say, what do the people that I'm influencing or that I'm leading really um, like what is inside of them? Mm-hmm. And if you can purposefully delegate, you know, say like, I'm not just going to hand this task out at random, but I'm going to look for the person who would really thrive in this role, or I'm going to look for what that person's skill set is. And you can call out and edify, you know, you can call out the good stuff in that person and take something off of your plate. And I think that's really important for leadership. That's so good. I think so often we just we delegate for the sake of delegating and not even looking at the skill sets of the people. So I want you, I want to press into that a little bit more. And I want you to give me two examples, just because I know how awesome you are. One, you're a mom of five, you know, to run a household with, you know, a lot of stimulus going on. How do you delegate to your children? So that's the first one. And then the second one, 
you lead a group and it's called DNA at church where you are growing leaders. You are building a pipeline of leaders and servant hearted leaders within your church. So can you speak to those two examples? How do you delegate? What's the process that you go through? You know, what you were just talking about. So at home, um, I have, you know, I think that there's a, a tricky thing for moms when you're trying to train your children to take over certain jobs but it's so much easier if you just do it yourself. Yes. Oh my God. So, yes. <laughs> so that is hard. And, and I'm sure that that a lot of times goes into the workplace as well for bosses. So um, that's a hard thing because sometimes you do have to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to invest right now and make sure that this person has the tools to be able to take this job over and do it well. Um, and so for my kids, they are, like you said, I have five of them. And they are so different. Each one has a completely different skill set, um, different personalities, strengths, weaknesses. So there are some jobs that I don't necessarily base things on, okay, well, this is the job you do when you're this age or whatever. I have to look at the kid and say, who's going to be able to sort of handle this particular task, get it done and not get all tripped up and freaked out about it. So, you know, the other thing too, is that we have to be flexible to say, okay, this is not working. (laughs) And it seemed like a great idea at the time, but let's reshuffle. And so we have had some systems in our house where, you know, I'll say, you are going to be in charge of the folding of the socks, (laughs) you know? And, um, and then, and the thing, the funny thing is though, what's a very easy job for one kid may Mm -hmm. really trip somebody up. So that's an area where we're kind of constantly looking at things almost like, you know, you call in the efficiency specialist and you're like, okay, where can we um, like figure out how to be more effective and more efficient? And so I I think that um, in in your home, that's a good thing to do too. just to not be so stuck in your systems to where you can't look at something and say, how can we make this better for the talent that we have on here? Oh my gosh. Everything you're saying, number one, I can see it at home with my own children, but two, I can so see it with the employees, you know, the people that I've served, you know, first you mentioned training. Nobody's going to do a good job without proper training. And we so often don't take the time to invest in proper training. We're setting people up for failure. We're setting our kids up for failure. You know, how many times Do families have fights whenever you walk up to say, you know, you tell your kid, go clean your room and you walk in, this room isn't clean when you never defined or trained what a clean room really looks like. You expect them to know, but you actually haven't trained them. And that causes more tension, more conflict. And then the second thing is looking, getting to know them. It's easy to get to know your children. It's not so easy to get to know your employees that well, but looking at their talents, looking at where their skill sets are and aligning and delegating according to that. And if it just isn't working out to make a change, don't let them continue to suffer and fail and fail and fail. A little bit of failure is good, but repeated failure over and over without any course correction can really wear on a person. So in just talking about your family and your kids, Morgan, you have given us so much wisdom, training, get to know the people and their talents and delegate accordingly. And then don't get so legalistic with your system that you just keep steamrolling ahead. Of course, correct if need be. So thank you. I mean, everybody out there listening, think about your family. (laughs) Think about how you can apply those concepts. And now Morgan's going to share even more wisdom. Uh, She leads quite a big team into training other leaders. 
So, and that's through a course that she's, uh, that they call DNA at her church. So Morgan, talk to us about, first of all, what is DNA? And then how do you build up leaders in that regard? Okay. So, um, I'm very privileged to, um, to kind of be involved with this group at church. It's very, um, it's a very cool group because the first, we have two parts to DNA and the first part is getting to know the church, um, and kind of like the, the DNA of the church, like what makes the church, um, tick and what is our structure and all those kinds of things, what we believe and how we are run. Um, and that's important for somebody to know when they're coming on. And then the second part is really exciting. And that is where, um, people get to know, okay, how am I wired? How am I made up? And, um, like, how can I put those unique traits and characteristics and gifts to work for the church or for the community, um, or even in your home, but like, how can I develop my leadership given those unique traits that, that I have? So we look at, we do a personality assessment and we do a spiritual gifts assessment, which is very cool. And that is what our team does for the church. So, um, so our team is, we have the goal of raising up and calling out leadership within the church body. Um, so that's the goal. We want to be able to equip people to, um, to step into leadership roles. Um, and also just leading the team is something that I'm very new at. And so it's definitely, um, it's been a, just a matter of me learning so much from the leaders that I've had. And I definitely, I feel like if I ever do anything good as a leader, it's a hundred percent Holy Spirit, and the people that God has put in my life before me that I can say, like, I never would have thought to do that on my own. So I try to really, like, um, absorb good examples. <laughs> but um, that's but true. Yeah, I, learning from everybody else, too. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I would say if you are a leader, if you choose to be one or if you find yourself um, thrust into a leadership role, um, just absorb as many good examples as you can and also um, be able to distinguish good examples from bad examples and say like, what was not working about that situation? I haven't had a lot of bad examples in um, church settings, fortunately. <laughs> I know, what a blessing. So, um, so that's really good. But, um, but I think that one thing that I definitely try to do as a leader is we're working on building our team right now. And we definitely want to have like we talked about training um, sessions so that people don't step into um, a position and say like, well, now I'm here, what am I going to do? So that's something we're working on right now. Like how can we train people to feel comfortable and equipped? So yeah, That's so good. You know, in thinking about everything that you just mentioned, so we've talked about the kids, right? Even training the kids, knowing the kids, their skill sets, delegating appropriately and not being stuck with systems you can adjust. So switching to, you know, a church is a quite large organization with a bunch of people, especially, you know, if you look at uh, bigger churches, a lot of opinions, you know, churches have split over the color of carpet. So <laughs> it's quite hefty there. But you're growing up leaders. And you said the first session of DNA is one clarity on the church. It's the belief system, the structure. 
So whether we're talking church or we're talking your organization, or we're talking even more specifically your team that you're on, maybe it's even a team of three, something small. Clarity matters. You've got to have clarity of this is who we are. This is what we believe. And this is how we operate. So often we don't onboard people into that. And that is a huge miss. When people have clarity, they have more buy-in. And the second thing that, you know, I love that you mentioned is getting to know them. You know, we talked about, it's easy to kind of get to know our kids. How do you get to know people? Personality tests. And there's so many free resources out there too. utilize personality tests. And it gives them an awakening into their skill set, but it gives you an awakening. And then here's my favorite part about personality tests. It gives everybody an awakening of how they interact together. Some people need details. Some people need the big picture and it will cause conflict if I just want the big picture of, oh man, why are you asking so many questions? You know, whenever you raise your hand in a meeting, I'm like, oh, why? (laughs) (laughs) But if I understand that, no, you need the details, then I'm way more patient because I understand your personality. So it's great for the team building. But then you talked about the spiritual gifting. So many people on your team and you want to hire diversity. Listen to me. You want diverse skill sets and diverse, you know, ethnicities and diverse thoughts and diverse everything on your team because they bring so much more to the table, but then you want them to have confidence in what they bring to the table before they go out and serve. So you said, you know, structure, clarity, you mentioned personality and spiritual gifting, you know, what are their skill sets that they're equipped with and then equipping, giving them support and training. So you've talked about, I, I just, I'm amazed with you, Morgan. You've talked about how do we lead in the home and how do we lead at church? And it's just such good wisdom. But here's where I want to step in and really press hard. You are so kind and so giving and so loving. You truly have. I mean, I think people just hearing your voice, you have that servant heart. For me, stepping into chaos, that's like a pet peeve. Chaos is kind of my pet peeve. And that's going to bring out more of my demons than my angel side. (laughs) How how do we train our hearts to have joy in the chaos and not to see just tasks, but to see people? You know, if you are go, go, going with your kids and you own your own business and you're writing all these things and you're just constantly give, 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 how do you not have your own pity party? Like, how do you not run out of energy or run out of? desire to continue on. So something that I've been like really praying into over the past, well, I mean, probably several years, but really, especially this year is that I would see um, my children through God's eyes Mm. because I am not always kind (laughs) and don't ask them. No, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) but yeah, no, um, I, but I think that um, that's so important, not just in the home, But if you are um, in charge of people in the workplace, um, in any setting, if you can see people through God's eyes, um, you're not going to be so hung up on the little personality differences Mm -hmm. or, you know, the way that somebody else does something or the way they smack their lips really loudly when they talk. I don't know. Whatever it is, if you can really see the value in that person because God made them and, um, you know, they are a created being just like you are. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, and, and I'm not perfect at this at all. I get frustrated, <laughs> but that has been just an area of growth for me. I think um, that's where to me, it's easier to serve somebody. It's easier to have a servant leader mentality when you know that 
that person is your equal. Like you are different. You, um, you're not the same at all, but you have the same value in God's eyes. And I think that that is, that's enabling, um, you know, I think that you can be a leader who calls out the best in others when you have that perspective. Yes. And it, it doesn't become competition or it's not about me. You know, it removes the selfishness when I'm thinking about, well, the way that I want the project done or what my pet peeves are, you know, that's very selfish. Me, 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 me. And the whole definition of servant leadership serving is about other people. And so I think that you hit the nail on the head when you are constantly pining for and seeking, looking at people through God's eyes, through that relationship that you have with God, then it just kind of makes you die to self. You know, you don't concentrate on your pet peeves. Therefore you're more patient with other personalities and you can call out good things of, you know what? Thank you for asking such great questions. You know, the person that is asking all those detailed questions where I used to be like, oh, in the meeting, you know, thank you. You're providing clarity for so many other people that probably needed those details, yes. you know? So it helps us die to self. And I, I thank you so much for explaining that. Um, you know, is there any other advice that you would like to give of as you're giving out, how do you make sure that your cup doesn't become empty? If you're pouring out, like I want everybody to visualize in their head, I have a pitcher and that's me. And as a leader, right, you're serving other people. So you're pouring out of yourself, but how do you make sure that your pitcher doesn't become you know, empty as you're filling other people? I think that when you're able to see the God in other people, um, you're able to be blessed by that you by your interactions with them. Like you were just saying, you know, that perspective shift of saying like that used to really bother me, but now I see that what you're doing has value and, and you can actually receive that value. You know, you can be blessed by that and your cup can be filled by things that used to take away from your cup, you know? And so I think that that's just so key Um, For me, I think it's like we live in such an era of like treat yourself, you know, and and who doesn't want to do that? But, um, you know, honestly, as much as I love going and getting a pedicure or having a spa day, I wish I could do that like every day. It's like once a year, maybe. But um, that doesn't really fill me, you know, that those are not the kind of actions that enabled me to come home and be pleasant to my children. like left on just those things to fill my cup, I'm going to be like, forget you. I'm going to be at the spa all the time. But for me to be really filled and be able to pour into other people, I have to have my heart in the right place. And I think the only way to do that is for me, um, being in the word, um, being in prayer and surrounding myself with other people that are pouring out and overflowing into me. And then it is that perspective of receiving things that used to weigh you down as something that's going to lighten you, like yes. seeing the God in people, seeing the value in people, oh. being, choosing to be blessed. It's so good. You know, first spending time with God. Oh, I can't even tell you, you know, all those long days of being an administrator, you know, I woke up at four 30 just to spend time with God. Cause I needed, I wouldn't make it through all the conflict and negativity of the day if he didn't fill me first. Um, and, and that's a continuation for me. 
you've got to be filled with God and it's going to align your heart. You know, you said, if your heart's not right, you know, you may come, come home as a bear. You know, if my heart is chasing after material things, status, titles, power, money, you know, pedicures, manicures, whatever, a bigger house, um, that doesn't really fill your heart and it doesn't make your heart feel like you can come home and, and be the person that you need versus if you have your heart aligned to God and, and, really that relationship, relationship over religion with Jesus. Now you're filled and now you can step into those circumstances. And here's the way I see it. I I think in pictures, I can't help it. I see like I have dirty glasses, dirty glasses of the world, materialism, status, power, money, whatever. And then as I get a relationship, it's like I take off those glasses and I put on a more clearer lens and I can see things different. Everything that used to like tick me off and make me mad. Now it's, it's through the lens of gratitude. God, thank you for this opportunity to learn this lesson. You know, if you brought it to me, I know I probably need it. So let's, let's go. Let me learn this lesson. You know, I think of the movie, Evan Almighty, where the wife <laughs> of uh, Steve Carell in that movie, she's like, you know, praying for opportunities for a family to be together. And then before you know it, Evan is like the Moses character. It's like, ah, Morgan Freeman, he steps in and he's like, well, you know, whenever people pray for it, God doesn't just give you patience. He gives you the opportunity, right? When you pray for your family to come together, God just doesn't make your family come together. He gives you the opportunity. And it's such a lesson learned the lens of gratitude. So, you know, thinking of everything you poured out and Morgan, you've really poured out wisdom today, um, <laughs> family with work, with servant leadership pouring out, what are some takeaways for our listeners? Like out of all the amazing things that we've talked about, what's, can you kind of summarize it for us? Hey guys, if you're t- stepping into servant leadership, think about this. Here's your takeaway. Yeah, I would say um, be mindful of um, how you can delegate. Um, delegate well in a way that's calling out, edifying the best in somebody else and honoring their skill set. And I would say, like, probably really boiling it down is just that, like, praying to see God in people. Because if you're, if you are seeing, um, seeing people through God's eyes and seeing God in them, um, I think that that enables you to be a servant, to be a leader, to be the best in any role that you're put in because every role that you're going to be put in um, is a relationship role. I mean, even if you are um, like alone, isolated, working from home, you're going to have to deal with people on some level. Um, Maybe never face-to-face, maybe never even, maybe only an email, but on some level, you're going to have to deal with other beings. And um, the better you can see people through God's eyes and see God in them, just the better that's going to go. Yes, absolutely. You know, and the way that work has changed from, you know, the industrial age where, you know, you're on the assembly line or you're on the farm or whatever, it's very relational. It's, it's relationship transactional almost. So it's such a good point. So thank you so much. So guys, we've got to recognize that our work is people, it's relationships, and we have got to see them the way God sees them. And the only way you can do that is by spending time with God. So, all right, Morgan, I ask everybody this, you know, we've talked about all the good things. So I want to know what is one poor decision you would help us leaders avoid? What's one poor decision we should avoid? Okay. So I think this is something that um, we talk about in church sometimes a little bit, but I would say never compare your life to somebody else's highlight reel. You know, you get on Pinterest or Instagram or whatever the kids are on these days and um, everything is just 
the highlights and it's filtered or it's whatever. And you can't be comparing your reality to their highlight reel. And so uh, I think that's the main thing. I mean, like comparison is the thief of joy. And, um, and I think that there's a place for looking at what somebody's doing and being inspired. Um, but I would say, yeah, just don't, don't assume that what you see out there is the standard that you should live up to because God is the standard. Oh, that's so good. Comparison is the thief of joy. All right, guys, we're going to stop comparing ourselves to everybody else. And we're going to stop looking at, what did you call the highlight reel? Yeah. <laughs> Our reality. I didn't come up with that, but I'll claim it. There you go. I like it. I like it. All right. So where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Um, You can check out fivemonsterspaleo.com for paleo recipes and um, paleo lifestyle stuff. And then um, if you want to read some of my personal thoughts, (laughs) my inner (laughs) monologue, um, you can go to hotteaandtheholyspirit.com. All right. Awesome. Well, hey guys, I will have those links in the show notes. So you don't have to remember all those just hit the show notes and you'll see those. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for being on today's podcast. You have such wisdom, um, you know, helping us And this podcast is about not just growing professionally, but growing in our personal life as well. And you have bridged those so perfectly with talking about servant leadership. So thank you. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. You are so much fun to talk to and you're the best leader. So, <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. From your lips to God's ears. we hope <laughs> that. So. All right, guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Philippians chapter two, verses three and four. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others.